This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm very pleased to be speaking with Debbie Hudak. Did I say that correctly, Debbie? You did. Okay, good. <laughs> Debbie Hudak, author and parent and author of a book called Why Doesn't Alicia Talk? Uh, Debbie, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. It's my pleasure. I was saying to you before we got started that I think that over the years that I've been doing this show, I have spoken, I've had the pleasure of speaking to a number of parents of children, young children, adult children, uh, and, you know, everything in between uh, on the spectrum, and many of whom have chosen, or sometimes they say that the medium chose them, whether it's through art or the performing arts or through the written word. You know, so many different ways. I interviewed a gentleman who who got into writing comic books with his son, inspired by his his son on the spectrum. And I think that it's just a very important aspect of um, what it's like to raise a child on the spectrum and some of the things that you can do and, and do do to share your experience, to help broaden awareness, um, and as you were saying to me, often take care of yourself and not forget about the the importance of your own uh, health in so many ways. So that is a long-winded way of saying that I'd like to talk with you today about your inspiration for becoming an author, how it all came to be, you know, and then we'll get into the the book itself and how people can uh, can get their hands on it. So why don't you just start off where wherever you'd like to start telling your your story. Alicia was born <laughs> in yep. 1993. Uh, she's 26 years old. She was diagnosed, I can tell you the exact day, <laughs> February yeah. 3rd, 1996. And and I did write out a few things just because I didn't want to forget anything. It's It's been such a journey, really. Back then, which is so interesting that your show is called One in 54, because back then in 1996, the statistics were one in 10,000. Right. And right. so it's just mind-boggling that now it's one in 54. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know that, you know, that they have given more of a spectrum, you know, uh, diagnosis and stuff, but still, it, it's just a lot. And um, the first thing we were told to do by the neurologist when she was two and a half was to educate, 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 educate ourselves, educate Alicia. So mm-hmm. um, we have... Uh, uh, another daughter, Veronica, and Alicia and Veronica are 16 months apart. And so Eddie would, you know, what you find you have to do is tag team. So Eddie, my husband, would stay home with the kids so I could go into New York City and attend some conferences and just educate and learn. Mm-hmm. And we found out that at the time a home program in your home uh, performing ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis, 30 hours a week, would be the best thing for, you know, um, helping your child sit and attend. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. 
uh, what happened was we ended up being the pioneer family uh, in the Mayapack Central School District. Really? Family, yes, to receive a home program in Mayapack. It was very intimidating. <laughs> I was very young. I think I was just about 30. And they brought in tons of experts and, you know, and I was just this little mommy that just wanted my daughter to have, (laughs) you know, the most appropriate, which is what I was told I need to say, the most appropriate Mm -hmm. services, you know. Mm -hmm. And from there, Alicia did well in the home program, I would say. Um, She attended the Westchester Exceptional Children's School for her kindergarten year and then... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. very happy with them, actually. But what happened was Mayapak came to me and said, we have something unprecedented here, which is like eight or nine children, all Alicia's age, diagnosed with autism, and we need to open a, you know, like an in-house program. And that's what they did. And they did a good job. They brought in what they called the best, you know. Um, but But what I have found through the years is, you know, being the pioneer person, you have to work out the kinks. You know, there are definitely things that um, aren't the best um, because it's new. And I found myself always wishing, man, I wish Alicia was born a little later. <laughs> so yeah, right. It was kind of more, yeah, in the better program. But so I will say that, you know, that uh, kind of prompted us to get involved more in the world of autism, which led us to all, the, all of those walkathons for Autism Speaks, which became such a a wonderful thing to do as a family. You know, I have my, all my brothers and sisters and their families, my husband's family, you know, cousins. It just, mm-hmm. it was a wonderful thing. And we did that for seven years. And then I um, realized that I was, you know, going to have to, if I was going to get a job, I was going to have to change careers. I had I had been like an executive secretary at Chanel, and I majored in business management, and mm. nowhere on my radar was there working in the school district. <laughs> right, right, right. Of myself. And then suddenly I realized, you know what, I can't work a corporate calendar. I need to follow a school calendar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had all these wonderful people in our life with Alicia for so long. I mean, just a heads up and a really shout out to all the teacher assistants and teacher aides that work in the schools with our children with autism and with all children with disabilities because it is such a, you know, um, in the moment, constant, on the, you know, hands-on job that that really is just really based right out of love and compassion and kindness. And I knew Leash. Alicia always had people like that working with her, and I said, you know what, you know, I think that's what I'm going to do, and I did. I started working in self-contained classes with children with autism, so I basically was working and living with autism. Wow. Yeah, what led me to write this book, because the schools were including children with special needs in the classes with their typical peers, and I felt like there's really, like, no one talking to the children about their peers with special needs, and let's open up a discussion, almost as if the book could be a tool for the teachers, Mm -hmm. you know. And I just Googled this, actually, before I got on with you, that in, um, in December of 2007, April 2nd was deemed World Autism Awareness Day. I, I knew that it had been, but I never really knew when. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I just thought that was a wonderful thing. Like, we celebrate so many things. Let's celebrate this. And and to say World Autism Awareness Day, I thought Right. Was, that was, yeah, that was a big deal. That was like... That's a big deal. It's not just in some places. It's not just effects. You know, it was... It was a definitely a um, a message, I think, to the entire the entire world that you know this is this is a growing population of people who are our friends and our neighbors and our family members and our loved ones and pay attention. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, sure. And, <laughs> and I do I do always appreciate you know people people paying attention, people becoming yeah. aware because there's there's no doubt in in life that unless you're affected by something, I mean, really, you don't take the time sometimes to to dive into it and to learn about it. And you know, I could never have known what families of people um, who had a disability, uh, you know, in their family, what they dealt with unless it happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a lot, you know. It's, it, it definitely affects the whole family, you know. Um, and um, we basically were thinking, you know what, I ran it by my husband and my daughter, and I said, you know, I think I, think I want to write a book. I think mm-hmm. I want to write a book <laughs> that could be read on World Autism Awareness Day because Aww. in pre-K all the way to second grade, they read a book every day in school to the kids. Yeah. So why not read this book on World Autism Awareness Day? Okay. You know? Yeah. So, so that was the genesis. That was the moment, and I assume that that uh, that, that uh, your husband and and your daughter said yes, you should do that. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I had a friend whose son had come to visit us, who was at least ten years younger than Lee. Let's say he was six and she was sixteen, and this kid, he was adorable. He was just rattling off, talking to Alicia, expecting to hear. You know, a conversational speech, you know, back and forth, reciprocal, and it wasn't happening. And he very innocently just looked up at his mom and said, why doesn't Alicia talk? And Mm. it just was like, wow, is that such a legitimate question? (laughs) You know, um, and I thought, I like that. That's what I'm going to name the book. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's how that came about. That's cool. And does that young that that boy who's no longer little, but does he know that that he was that he he named yes. your book? He does know that. That's I think cool. he likes it. <laughs> yeah, probably. We're gonna take a break in just a minute. Let's save that for the second half, so you can tell us more about the story of the book. But um, in general, that that is quite a like a, a, an evolution of, of, you know, motherhood to career um, or career motherhood, other career, um, you know, advocacy. So it really, I just want to reiterate, you know, this is, these are some of the experiences that you really, um, I value tremendously because I think uh, you cannot have enough families who really have become the most, the strongest advocates um, in the entire field, telling their stories and making it clear just how difficult things were. And and also even just to be started out when your daughter's two and a half years old, go educate yourself. I mean, it sounds like you did, but that is such a daunting thing to hear. You know, where, how, how much, who do I believe? There's so much out there. Or maybe, you know, to some degree at various times in history, there hasn't been nearly enough out there. So um, so quite amazing that you that you you got to where you got to and really wonderful to hear that Alicia responded so well to the in-home ABA services and, and, and again. 
again, just very interesting to me in light of how ABA has, has really become the gold standard in, in um, treatment and instruction within the, the community, um, and you were the pioneering family in your entire district. So I'm curious. We'll, we'll come back, and I'm, I want to hear about the book, and I also want to hear about, if you know about it, you know, what, what has been the progress since then um, in your area in terms of how many families are receiving services and maybe their children are receiving services from people who learned from um, from your experience as the first family. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear more about Why Doesn't Alicia Talk by Debbie Hudak and more about her story as uh, raising her daughter on the autism spectrum. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. If you live, work, or frequently visit the Hudson Valley, you've probably passed by the sign for Anderson Center for Autism countless times. Have you ever wondered what our award-winning educational and residential program is all about? Well, let me shed some light. Ours is a place where evidence-based practices marry creative solutions, where students with autism learn how to communicate using whatever modality works best for them, where they learn independent living and vocational skills in nurturing environments, where their families enjoy visits full of special moments, where Professionals come from all corners of the globe to obtain high-level training, where staff build rewarding careers, and where people develop lifelong connections. Learn more about our work optimizing the quality of life for people with autism by visiting us online at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Or schedule a tour by calling us today at 845-889-4034. Back to one in fifty-four, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking this morning with Debbie Hudak, author of Why Doesn't Alicia Talk, which is a uh, children's book inspired by your own daughter, Debbie. So we've had a nice uh, conversation. Before we get into the second half, uh, which always goes fast, I want to just point out that people can follow up and find out more about Why Doesn't Alicia Talk by checking out your website, which is whydoesntalk.com, and also visiting you on Facebook, right? Why Doesn't Alicia Talk on Facebook, yes. they can find you. Yes. Thank you. Okay, yes. great. So please pictures check this out. I think family. you'll learn a lot. There's pictures of our family there, um, you know, some events we've attended. So I, I hope everyone will uh, check out the website and the Facebook page. Well, I'm glad you said that because we were just discussing off air a little bit. Some of A lot of the success that you've experienced and, and invitations to speak at universities and, and, and other events, I think, has to do with your conscious decision to take a very private part of your life, which many people in general, I think, you know, tend to keep their family life on the private side, but also even more so from what I understand, if you're a family raising a child with autism, there's even a deeper sense of isolation and maybe it feels a little safer at times, you know, to to stay isolated. But you made a conscious decision to put yourself out there. And so there are pictures of you and your family. And it was a family decision to enter into this world and to tell this story. Um, How has that been received by your community? Oh, so they've been so supportive. Um, The Mayapack Central School District, um, all the people I work with, teachers, assistants, they're, they're happy to support someone who's trying to bring awareness. That's that's my feeling. You know, well, they make a big deal in the schools about wearing blue on World Autism Awareness mm-hmm. Day. Um, we buy T-shirts. Uh, it, it's just, 
it's so nice and it's so appreciated. Like I said before, um, when you're not affected by something, you know, sometimes you just don't pay attention. And, um, and, and for so many people, the awareness that I've seen, the level of awareness that has come about since 1996 when Alicia was diagnosed is tremendous. And, you know, it touches my heart. I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop. Oh, don't cry. Um, <laughs> let me ask you another question, though. So, I mean, obviously with the, the current statistics, you pointed this out. In 1996, it was 1 in 10,000. Today, it's 1 in 54. Um, Alicia is definitely not the only person in your geographic area or the, the, the other any other you know, the only student who's come through Mayapak Central School District on the autism spectrum. So as the pioneering family receiving home instruction through that district, have you also heard from other families who maybe work with therapists who also worked with Alicia, maybe uh, learned a lot from working with her and working with you? Do you feel like that you've made an impact for, for the next generation of families coming through that area? I, I honestly would like to say yes, and, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy about that. It, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, really, you know, to have opened up some doors for so many families because it, it is so scary. And like I was saying before to you, I, I, I am really a private person. So mm-hmm. <laughs> to just put our family out there, put myself out there, even as a writer where I've never written anything before. So it wasn't like, oh, okay, I'm a great writer. I'm going to put a great book. To-. I don't. I didn't know how it would be received. And mm-hmm. I can honestly say it's it's been well received. And I think I was writing down before where we have the book, because our goal, our mission, really, I kind of have a mission statement on the first page, and it's really to get this book into all elementary schools nationwide. Mm-hmm. And with the help of family and friends, we've gotten our book in schools, not just in the five boroughs here in New York and Long Island and Westchester Putnam, but schools in Colorado, in Georgia, in Florida and Kentucky, in Delaware and Maryland and Connecticut and Vermont. Like, really... Oh, it's just exciting Great. to me, you know. That is. That, that's that's yeah. a wonderful outcome, or, or so outcome so far. It sounds like you've probably got more uh, more places you want it to, to go. Do you ever do right. reading? I, do you go to any schools and, and read it yourself? Yes, I do. I, I mean, I, I love when the teachers, I'm right there working in Mayapak, and they'll ask me, would you want to come into the classroom and read to the children? Yes, I yeah. would love to. That's great. And how fun it is, uh, you know, like, because I can answer questions that the children have afterwards, which I love. And then also, um, the teachers, you know, might make up a worksheet. You'll see pictures of that on the website. Um, and how the children respond is, is beautiful. It's with a lot of love and a lot of kindness, like a yes. lot of kindness, a lot of kindness. <laughs> Very heartwarming. So, so give yeah. us a, I, I, I don't want to give it all away, but can you give us yeah. a quick summary of, like, you know, how old is Alicia during the story? Oh. Give us a little synopsis. Yeah, so Alicia, in the story, um, you basically have um, a, a playground situation where um, a lot of times with a child with a disability who has no concept of danger, which is where Alicia is, you know, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. she will walk in the middle of the street or whatever. So um, because of her uh, safety 
issue, I would say. Um, she's always had a one-to-one aid in the school district. So, you know, I, you know, you write what you know. I, um, I made Mrs. H the one-to-one aid. I made Alicia the little girl with autism. Um, rather than make Veronica my daughter, the girl in the school, I asked her what she would name her first child if she had a daughter, and she said Vivian, and that's the name of the classmate. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Well, see, you found a way to keep her privacy and and also get her engaged. I love that. Thank you. And so we talk about, it's a playground situation, and this classmate, Vivian, just has a lot of questions. Why doesn't Alicia talk? And Mrs. H is very happy to answer these questions. Uh, And with, again, kindness and compassion, she talks to her about body language and sign language and communication devices and how... You know, uh, how sad Alicia would be if someone were to laugh at her when she was going through a hard time. And mm-hmm. how, you know, behaviors are something that happens, you know, when somebody's frustrated. And when and if you could just imagine, Vivian, you know, is a, a line in the book, you know, how, how would you feel if you couldn't speak for one whole day, just one day in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, you would be frustrated. And oh, yeah. being frustrated is what makes someone act out. Um, and it just, it, it ends, the illustrator was only 19 years old at the time. Her name is Caitlin Finney, beautiful girl, beautiful family, and uh, she just was more than happy to, to help us out and, and illustrate this book. It's so vivid, and, and the pictures are just beautiful. I saw, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up, because I, I was looking at your website, and I saw some of the illustrations of the people, the characters, and it reminded me of some of the books that I read when I was young or were read to me. It seemed very, um, I don't know, I don't know how to, what, what word to use like to describe it. like or something? Yes. Yeah. It was very, um, I found that, I found that the pictures were very compelling also, and I think to engage a younger audience of readers or children who are being read to, that's important, right? You want kids to be sort of mesmerized by, you know, what the characters look like and, um, and, and the colors. So shout out to the illustrator, um, who I agree did a great job. So we just have a couple minutes to, to wrap up, Debbie. I'm curious, you're, you're still mo- Alicia's mom, right? Um, and how old is she now? She's 26. She's 26, so she's no longer the little girl on the playground. What are your, you know, I guess I would ask somebody in your in your position who was so much a part of, um, you know, a really kind of big time with, with uh, different types of services and different service provision methods coming out, uh, and then you chose to, to take this path and get more involved in the schools and, and become an author. What is your hope for the future? What do you... You know, what well, are you looking at? I, I have some concerns. First of all, the thought of them cutting budgets sometimes is scary to me as a parent. You know, in, in the sense that when the children leave the school district at 21, sometimes they'll have a birthday early in the year, so 22 maybe, they're graduating and they need a place to go. Mm-hmm. A lot of the day hab centers are to their capacity already. Right. So it was like a light bulb moment to me. Like, like I see 
a train wreck that I don't think anybody else is seeing unless you're in this situation, which was we did everything we were told to do when Alicia was graduating school. We were told to look at the programs at least a year before she was getting ready to graduate and to put our name on waiting lists, this and that. If I tell you the anxiety I had, because five five days before um, she was to graduate was when we got our first acceptance into a place. Other than mm-hmm. that, I didn't know if Alicia was going to have a place to go. Mm-hmm. So that moment triggered me to say, I got to reach out to my local, like, you know, person in the in the district of Mayapac to say, hey, we got to talk to legislation here because we need to make sure that there's going to be funding. If the statistics were one in 10,096 and right. she's graduating now at 22, you know, and, and there's no place to go, what's going to happen when not just maybe three people are moving up, but when hundreds of people are moving up at sure. that year mark of 2220, you know, and, and where are they going? If you're going to be cutting funding, you, you can't cut funds. You have to keep building. We need so, more day apps. I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and working where I work, we see it every day. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a large group of graduates coming up right now yep. out of Anderson, and and it is definitely something that is a growing issue, a growing concern. And uh, while people are starting to take more notice of it, not enough is being actually put into action to address it. So, okay. uh, Debbie, there was a couple things you wanted to touch on before we have to finish up today. Yes. I wanted to read a quick note from a sibling, because siblings are so important, and this really hones in on why I wrote the book, too. Um, On Monday, I felt very sad because a girl in my class said that my brother was weird. My brother has autism and is not weird. I would like it if we could learn more about disabilities in school so that everybody would understand that some people are different, but we should all be treated the same. And I thought, what a great letter by a sibling. Absolutely. Anyway, I love that. Isn't, isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to finish up with parents, take care of yourself. We're caregivers, and we're going to be caregivers for a long time, not just parents. And um, our health, we have to be healthy to keep our children healthy. I could not agree with you more. And, Debbie, it has been a wonderful experience talking to you today. Thank you so much. Author of Why Doesn't Alicia Talk, visit your website, whydoesntalk.com and also Facebook, Why Doesn't Alicia Talk. Really just love your whole story. I think it's wonderful, and thank you for bringing Alicia's story to very young students um, who obviously care very much about the world and the people in it and their families and friends, and I think it's a great way to affect positive change. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 